You have to do things differently if you want things to be different at your music teaching business. That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Music Lesson Business Academy. This is Music Lesson Business Academy, the podcast that's all about how to grow your music teaching business. Hey, everybody, Danny here from Music Lesson Business Academy. Great to be back with you presenting another action-packed, fun-filled, adventurous episode. Before I get into the episode, I do want to mention that there is a special deal going on over at 10xpro.io. And 10x Pro is the program that I use to build and host courses. Now, something you might not have thought about is even if you're not interested in the business idea of building courses and selling them on the side as an additional revenue source, such as, you know, a piano course or an at home how to play guitar course or anything like that. One of the other things that you can do, though, is build courses that become your curriculum at your school. You can also build courses that you can give away for free as lead generators, as a secondary offer to get email addresses. So, for example, we have been building a 30-day guitar challenge at our school, and uh, Brian and I have been building that. And, yes, the primary function of this 30-day guitar challenge is a lead magnet that's attached to our Guitar Factory OC YouTube channel, which is starting to grow. We're starting to get a little traction there. It's pretty fun. And, you know, so we're getting email addresses there. So then we have them in our funnel and then we can remarket to them uh, and sell our highly anticipated guitar course. But I also can just put that in an email automation such as, uh, you know, that goes out to adult potential guitar students. I can give them, hey, if you already play guitar a little bit, take our free 30-day guitar challenge. So you can do all kinds of things like that with a program like 10xpro.io. I used to use the other big name in course building software, and I hated it, moved over to 10xpro.io for a couple of key reasons. One is it does every single thing that I needed to do without me having to use any additional plugins or anything like that. The only thing that you attach it to is your email CRM. So in my case, it attaches right to ActiveCampaign because creating a good email um delivery software is a whole business on its own. And they were very smart in not trying to include that because they know that they can't do that as good as Active Campaign or any of the other big, you know, providers like that. So it's just one click though, and I can attach a tag right in 10X Pro that goes right into Active Campaign. So those two things work together perfectly. But everything else cool that I would want to do in course creation and accepting payments and everything is right there in the program. So up until April 24th, you get the $1 30-day trial 
but also your first three months at 50% off. So if you've been thinking about building any courses, I highly recommend 10xpro.io. Full disclosure, I'm an affiliate for it, so I will leave my affiliate link in the show notes here. And if you click that link, of course, I do get a little bit of commission from that, but uh, you should be using it anyway. All right, let's get into the show. So what inspired me a little bit to land on this subject matter of you know, doing things differently if you want to get a different result. And, you know, we've all heard that old saying of like being crazy is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting to get a different result. But I don't think anybody's crazy. I don't think you guys are crazy or me, but we do have this thing that goes on in the music lesson business where we rehash the same subject matters over and over and we never really seem to make this change and so what what kind of inspired me with this is I was perusing you know some of the Facebook groups which I I don't do a lot of because of this concept it's always the same two or three subject matters that keep coming up but then people seem to refuse to accept the reality of the changes that they need to make to make their business run differently. And this is certainly not against anybody who made any of these posts or anything like that. So please, if you're listening, don't feel that way. It's just a really good learning tool. But I was in the teacher's own group and there was another post about how do you deal with teachers who are running amok, kind of doing their, you know, doing whatever they want, not following, you know, policies or not following protocols that we have in place at our school. And, and many people chimed in, oh, I'm having a similar problem. So I know this is something that comes up often. This is, certainly isn't the first time that I've seen a post like that about dealing with your teachers. So, you know, the, the first thing that I think that you really have to think about with this, and I've mentioned this before, is the number one skill you need to have when you move from being a solo entrepreneur teacher, just teaching yourself, having X amount of students under you, and that's it. Nobody works for you or anything else. When you make that move at any point to having one other person work for you, Especially if you have another teacher or you, you know, you go out and you get commercial space and you bring a couple teachers in underneath you, your whole role has to change. And this is something to really think through thoroughly before you make that move. Or if you're already in this position, you got to really think this through and see if, you know, there's a way for you to kind of change how you've been doing things or maybe bring somebody else on board in your business to help you. But the number one skill that you have to have when you have anyone working under you is your ability to hire, train, and mentor good employees. And I know that's multiple things, but it kind of all fits under that umbrella of people management. You are no longer a teacher. You are no longer an artist or any of these other creative elements that you've thought about. And of course, there is creativity in marketing and many ways that you can be creative in running your business and you might still teach and get the enjoyment of, you know, of teaching through that and things like that. But 
the number one skill that you have to have is that ability to manage people. It influences and impacts everything. So the first step in making this change in your business is understanding that and committing that you are going to be a leader of people. That's it. You got three people teaching underneath you. You are a leader. You have become the man. All right. And, you know, many of us went many years going, I'm never going to be, you know, surrender to the man. And then the next thing you know, you're like, holy cow, all these people look at me like I'm the man. So, you know, it is a change in perspective that you have to have. But those people are looking towards you for a certain type of leadership. And, all the other elements that we talk about within, you know, within this big umbrella of people management, hiring somebody, mentoring them, training them, disciplining through a corrective action process, all those things fall under leadership. So first and foremost, you got to think about making that change. Now, down to a little bit more nitty gritty stuff, you got to have employees. and. I've heard all the pushback from, you know, one reason or another or this or that or some fight to, you know, some argument about why it is legal in my state. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You're all wrong. I'm just, <laughs> that's just the truth. You're wrong. You need to have employees. You cannot run a business without being able to, you can't run a teaching business a business that relies on skilled labor to deliver this service and do it effectively and not have employees. The people that do it effectively with contractors are all breaking the law because they are doing things with that contractor that designates an employer-employee relationship. And one of the things that is so interesting is when people talk about why they're scared to, to take employees on is they say, well, then, you know, I have to follow this rule or I'm going to get in trouble or I got to follow that rule to get or I'm going to get in trouble. And the reality is, first off, the rules, they're super easy to follow. It's not difficult to hire people and not break the law. It's pretty easy. Secondly, you are currently breaking the law. And you're not worried about that, but you're worried in the other direction if you go with employees. And the thing to think about with employees, the little thing that you might do wrong, oh, I didn't give them a 15-minute break every three hours. Okay. The chance that you will get in any kind of trouble from that is next to zero. And if you did, the repercussions will be next to nothing. Big companies get in trouble for those things. And do you want to know why big companies get sued for those things because some lawyer figured out that he could do a class action suit because that company has probably been doing that to hundreds or maybe thousands of employees for a long period of time. And that lawyer stands to make a ton of money. Those type of things rarely ever happen to a small business with 10 employees. So just if you just show in good faith that you are following basic employment rules, and you don't do anything crazy to that employee, right? Make them work a bazillion hours with no overtime or just something wacky. You really don't have anything to worry about. It's, it's very, very easy. 
Yes, it costs more. Of course it does. Everything good costs more. But you make up for it by being able to run your business in a manner that you want to be able to run it in. And you can provide a better service to your customers, a more professional environment. And in most cases, then you should be able to charge more and you can make up for the financial side of it. So the next thing you want to do after you have employees is you need an employee handbook, okay? And the way to create an employee handbook is very simple. You just have your payroll company do it. They will generally do this as part of the service that they offer you. And then you just interject your policies in there. They will write those policies in and they would certainly let you know, hey, this one policy you want to put in here, that's actually, you can't really do that. And they would help you with that. So now you have this document, this professional document that is fully legal, that didn't cost you anything other than what you're paying in monthly fees to your payroll company already, that you can give to every new employee that comes on. Now, one of the mistakes that I see people make, though, is they feel that you know, when this issue comes up of teachers doing the wrong thing, teachers not following, you know, I've got teachers canceling on their own and ruining the schedule, you know, all these kind of things we've all experienced it. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, you still may experience some of that even with employees. I do occasionally, but there's a process for how to deal with it. There's always some responses to that question that say, well, do you have a teacher agreement or a contract or anything like that? You can't really have a contract. There's no such thing of any kind of legal binding contract with your teachers. When they come to work for you, they sign the employee handbook, which has all the rules and the policies and the regulations. That in itself will not stop them from doing the wrong thing. It is there as a training tool to help you to get them to do the right thing, but is also ultimately a backup for when you fire that employee, you have shown that, that you have done the right thing to try to train that employee. So you got to get that employee handbook going. Then what you want to understand is what's called a corrective action process. And corrective action is really designed to do what it says, to correct, correct the bad actions, the bad behavior of this employee. So the teacher is canceling lessons when they're not supposed to cancel lessons and it's supposed to go through the office. That's policy we have. That's policy tons of you guys probably have. I've had teachers break that policy. So how do we deal with it? You follow a corrective action process. The first part of that corrective action process would be to have a conversation saying, hey, Sparky, you're a really, really good teacher. Your students love you and you do so many things really well. This one thing of canceling a lesson without going through the office, the way that you know we've notated is like the policy of how we got to do it. You got to do it that way. And here's why I need you to do it that way because of X, Y, and Z. Now, with all that said, do you got any questions about why I'm asking you to do that? Do you need any help with how the process, like who to email or who to call or text in the office to let them know what's going on? So here's the pages from the handbook. Let's go over it again. So if you something comes up and you need to cancel lessons tomorrow, last minute, 
here's the process for how we want to do it. And this is the reason, again, that we're doing it this way. Okay. So any questions? Cool. So I can expect like moving forward, you got it. You're going to be great. No worries. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Keep kicking butt. Okay. That's the first conversation. Now, if it happens again, you take it to the next level of conversation. Hey, Sparky, like a month ago, we sat down and had this big talk about how this process works. What's going on? Why did this happen? And see what they say. Go through it with them again. Say, okay, so I got to let you know, you cannot do this. This could cause problems for you eventually, big problems. And we don't want that. We want you to be successful and kick butt. Okay. So we've gone over it. You know what not to do. I'm going to write down here on this piece of paper that we had a chat. This isn't a formal written notice or anything. We're just documenting that you and I talked about what we're going to do to make sure this goes better in the future. Okay. Thank you. Sign it. Date it. Boom. Does it again. Now you're taking it to the next level. Sparky, we've talked about it. We even wrote it down last time and I gave you a copy of it. Okay. Why is this not happening? I want you to write down on this written notice here why this isn't happening. I'm going to write down the consequences of this, <laughs> this action. And I might write down something like after repeated training sessions and noted discussions regarding this matter, Sparky continues to break company policy and cancel lessons in a non-proper manner. If this happens again, he will be written up again and suspended for three days without pay. Then you both sign it. Next one, he does it again. You already know what's coming. We're gonna write down and say, listen, we, here's what we said was gonna happen. So you're suspended for a couple days. When he comes back, you have the sit down. Hey, I hate having this conversation. I hate suspending anyone. I don't want to write anybody up. I don't want to deal with this stuff any more than you do. So what do we need to do to make sure that you follow this policy? I want to see you do great because you're a great teacher in so many other ways. But this one thing is about to cost you your job. And I don't want that to happen. So what are we going to do? And you have the tough, what we used to call the come to Jesus meeting. Now. Hopefully, before it's even gotten to this, the, act, the action has been corrected. The behavior has been corrected. If it doesn't, obviously, we write them up one more time and we suspend the teacher again. Now, the reason you suspend them again is because when you terminate somebody, in California anyway, you got to hand them a final paycheck when you terminate them. So, you suspend that teacher, and while they're on suspension, you get all your paperwork, you get your final check, you get it all together for them. So then when they come back from suspension, you sit down and you terminate the employee. And in that termination, <clears throat> you don't go deep into all the reasons. Huge mistake I watched manager after manager make is telling an employee for 20 minutes all the things they did wrong to then say, so we're firing you. When, you, when they sit down, you just say, Hey, we have decided to let you go. Here is your final check. Boom. And it's done. And you don't elaborate on it. And that's it. And you send your paperwork in to 
your payroll company, you get them off payroll, all, all those kinds of things. That is a basics of corrective action. And it's really very easy. Now there's little details here and there, and, and I could show anybody or teach anyone the ins and outs of how to do that. Your payroll company, you know, we use ADP for payroll and, and they have an HR comp component that we pay for. It's part of the service. We can call them and go, hey, got an HR question. Got an employee that wants to do this. How's that work? What's the law say? All that. They're a perfect resource. Quite often, I, I know that um, I will hear in those Facebook comments to consult a labor attorney. You know, and there's a couple things with that. The lab labor attorneys generally work for the employees, not the employers. Other than big companies, obviously, hire labor attorneys for their side. But when you're looking for somebody to help you write those, that contract or whatever, I got to be honest, a lot of these labor attorneys don't seem to really know the HR rules that well. A quality trained HR person, human resources professional, really knows this stuff inside and out. And I was lucky through all those years, 20 years at big box retail at Guitar Center, I had to go to tons of HR training. So that's where I learned all this stuff. And through that whole thing, I, I went to unemployment court one time, and I probably terminated a thousand employees over the years. I went to unemployment court one time. And you know what? I did do it wrong. I, I, my emotions got the best of me, and I fired somebody the wrong way. You know, no big deal. I learned that lesson. After that, never happened again. I always had all my ducks in a row. It's, it, it was easy. But the goal isn't to fire anyone. The goal is to mold and shape and train that person so that they're successful. And, you know, you know I have a teacher right now that's a, an amazing teacher from the standpoint of his interactions with his, his students and his skill as a musician, amazing. A little unorganized, breaks some of those policies and those rules, is young and immature is where that comes from. And, you know, we've been having a lot of talks with him. I, I really invested a lot in this teacher. And I must say also, he's been with us like four years. This isn't a new guy. So, you know, a teacher doing well for four years and then starting to slip. I mean, it's four years. I'll, I'll take that anytime. And, you know, we've been having the sit downs and we've been having the meetings and, you know, we've written them up and sometimes things have gone better. But the other side of it is, I, there's been a change in what's important to him. There's been a change as he's growing older in what he wants from his life. So the other side of what we've been able to do with that employee is alter the job description of what we're asking that person to do for us. We're finding out, well, what do you enjoy the most? Is it teaching lessons or is it doing band? Well, it's more band and I like advanced students. Okay, let's just cut you back on the number of students. So you don't have such a big workload. You could do the, the students that you like. We'll pass some students off. Different moves that you can make that allow an employee who's good, who still brings value to the table, to stick with you that works for both of you. And these things don't always work out. I can't give you any procedure or thing to say that's going to work every time. Not at all. But the goal is you, when you terminate an employee or somebody quits or you move on, 
you want to know that you really put a big effort into trying to make that person successful and make it work first. It doesn't always work out in your favor, but most of the time, in the long run, you are better off in doing that as opposed to not doing that. And I think the fallback of most music school owners or teachers or managers who are having an issue with another teacher uh, or somebody that works for them is to fall back onto some type of, I'm going to write a new agreement or a new policy, or I'm going to put it in paper, or I'm going to, you know, email it or whatever. And we do this with customers as well, right? I've had too many customers like quit and not want to pay the 30 day notice or whatever. And we think that like, I'm going to put change the way it's written in the policy and that's going to change it. It, it won't. You won't change people's behavior based on these things that you write down on a piece of paper. It will not work. It's a training tool, whether it's a customer or an employee, policies or documents or handbooks, those are training tools. So the same way that we train a teacher who comes on board, we're training a new parent. Here's the cancellation policy. Here's how you do it. Here's the time frame involved. Here's how much things cost. Here's when the billing dates, whatever it is at your school. So the better that you can do it, training that person up front, right? The less headache you'll have on the tail end of it. And again, the reason that school owners and managers shy away from really doing this properly is it is very hard. It is uncomfortable to sit down with an employee and have the come to Jesus meeting. It's, it's not fun. It's uncomfortable. Um, and so we procrastinate and we avoid it. And we go, oh, I was going to do it today, but this parent called me and I had to talk to them. So I, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I am guilty of this as well. And we push it down the road and we keep kicking that can instead of going, you know what? The toughest thing I have to do today is to have that uncomfortable conversation with that employee. I'm going to do that right away and get it done. And I guarantee you, if you approach those topics that way, first off, you will be shocked at how many employees and you can mold to be amazing employees and how much of an impact you can have on those people to get things to work more the way that you want. Nothing is foolproof. There'll always be somebody doing something stupid. That's just part of having a business, right? So if you have a business that has employees, you're going to have employees do dumb things occasionally. It, there's no way to get around it. All you can do is minimize that to an, a tolerable, acceptable level. And again, we avoid doing it because it's difficult. And I always think about that Jim Rohn saying of doing the easy things every day makes your life difficult. Doing the difficult things every day makes your life easy. So yeah, it's hard to go to work and go, yeah, first thing this morning, I got to have this tough talk with somebody. But if you do that a few times, you, all of a sudden you get to a point where it's like, man, everything's running smooth. The employees are doing good. I don't have anybody I need to sit down and have this negative conversation with. We're just going to, I'm going to grab an employee and go to coffee and talk about the Dodger game and just buy him a coffee and tell him, hey, great job. Love having you work for us. Little things like that. 
Now, as I mentioned that, that's just a little thing that you could do. When's the last time? I mean, truly, it's so easy to get in that habit of always telling people what they're doing wrong, sending negative emails. Hey, you guys didn't clean the lobby the right way last night. And who forgot to take the trash out? And hey, don't say this to customers. And I've told you guys a bunch of times we're doing this. And yeah, you got to address those things when they happen. But when's the last time you sent an email and said, hey, you guys are awesome. I love the way you're doing this. Or call the teacher out of the blue to just say, hey, man, checking in. Wanted to see how you're doing. How's everything going? Is there anything I can do for you right now? Or doing that in person or just going, hey, you, got, you don't have a lesson? Let's go grab a coffee on me or let me buy you lunch. Or just saying, hey, this Friday I'm buying lunch for the whole staff. Whatever you can do, those little gestures that mean a lot. It's easy to overlook how impactful it can be to just pull somebody inside and say, man, you're doing awesome. I love the way you, you were doing that with those students. That was really great. Keep it up, man. Love it. it that stuff me, does mean a lot. No one, a lot of people won't admit how much of an impact that has, but it matters. And we can all probably do a better job of remembering to do that for our staff. As I'm saying this, it makes me think it's been harder for me because I work remotely 100% of the time to have that communication with people and let them know, man, you guys are awesome and you're doing a great job. So we got to do more Zoom meetings or you know, however we can do it so that I get that opportunity to have those conversations. But one thing that I do do is I just randomly call teachers. Hey, just checking in. What's been going on? What's happening in your personal life? I, I know you went on a vacation. I was Hawaii. You know, whatever. And we just talk. And it's like, is there anything I can do for you? All right. Great talking to you. Talk to you soon. And just those little things that can mean so much. So you have to make that decision to become a mentor, to become a true leader. And the way you're going to change behavior of the teachers and get them to do things more the way you want is by doing this process. So it's, it's another one of those Jim Rohn things. It, 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 it's easy to do. The problem is it's just easier not to do it. All right, guys, that's it for today. I hope that got your brain moving and shaking and thinking about some ideas. And by all means, if you need help with something like this, you can always email me, dannymusicfactory at gmail.com. dannymusicfactory at gmail.com. I reply to any email, and I'll be more than happy to try to help you out with mentoring and training and hiring employees. All right, everybody. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.